Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestle Life Radio episode 30. Episode 30. I want to take just a quick moment to say thank you very much for hanging out with us these last couple months. We are very excited. Next week is going to be absolutely insane for us, but we're going to have a ton, ton of shows. So you should be expecting that. And uh, once again, thank you very much. Today is September 25th, 2019. I am here with my good friend and cousin, Kyle Pauly. I am Matt Sin, and we're going to tell you about this day in wrestling history. Also, the uh, the podcast is officially as old as I am. So, oh, gosh. Yeah. So I'm 30. So <laughs> it ages a lot faster than you yeah, know. It does. It's about yeah. to lap me. So, yeah. So. Wait, 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 wait. You, you, you got to do it. I was, I was starting to do it. And oh, you I'm sorry. Me. I'm sorry. I interrupted. Jeez. I apologize. Go ahead. Okay. Here we go. Let me, let me restart. I got to get in my space. This day in wrestling history. It's pretty good. Pretty good. I felt like Jim Carrey right there. I dig it. This day in wrestling history. Uh, September 5th, the year 2000, on Monday Night Nitro, Booker T lost his WCW World Heavyweight Championship to the one, the only, thank God, Vince Russo. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah. And I believe it was the, the steel cage match Yep, where he got, was it the one where he got speared through the, the side of the cage by Goldberg? Sure was. I'm almost positive. Yeah. I think that is it. Uh, but yeah, he, Booker T lost the title to Vinnie Mac. So stupid. Yeah. Vince Russo, bro. Let me tell you, bro. <laughs> that's my, that's my Vince Russo impression. Is, is, I wonder if that's why. Uh, if you ever listen to his like shoot interviews, somebody will say something stupid that he did before he, bro, I know. I know, bro. And then he'll <laughs> explain why it isn't stupid. Uh, even though he just agreed that it was stupid. That's why my wife doesn't like Matt Riddle because he reminds her of Vince Russo. She doesn't yeah. even know who Vince Russo is, but just deep down in her conscience, she knows. Yeah. Well, he's more like a bro. Bro, let me tell you, bro. Whereas <laughs> Matt Riddle's just like, bro. Okay, yeah. I get it. That's a pretty good Matt Riddle. Yeah, I've listened yeah. to his theme song a lot. <laughs> Bro, yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Also, a uh, fun fact of uh, wrestling history: today is also Aja Kong's birthday, and she's wow. forty-nine years old. Which uh, thought she'd be a lot older than that. I also did. No offense, Aja Kong. I just she's been around forever. Yeah, she's been in the business. I mean, how young was she? I mean, she was like wrestling? Like Medusa and um, several other like Japanese wrestlers back in the day. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, like way before, like even WWE, uh, WWF. Like, so I don't know how long she's actually been in the business, but I'm gonna take a quick look. We're gonna see here. Yeah. So, but that uh, that wraps up today's uh, this day in wrestling history segment. Um, she debuted in 1986, so she was 16 years old. Jeez. That's so crazy. The majority of her life, she's been in the wrestling business. That's absolutely insane. Yeah. But, yeah, whatever. So, Rob was fun this week. Yeah, um, pretty good show. Yeah, 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 yeah we'll, we'll talk a little more about it, obviously. That's the whole reason we're here. But I will tell you, 
at the very beginning, which I think most people kind of fast forward if they record it. And during the then, now, forever, you know, everyone knows it. Duh, duh, da, 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 that thing. Yeah. The, the, the fiend was apparently in the production truck because it was all fiend wonky and it slowed down and changed colors and kind of was messing up there. And I'm not going to lie. Popped me, man. I thought it was great. Yeah, he's he's hanging out. He's he's got control of the show now, apparently, because yeah, it, it's not just the lights anymore. He's got the whole shebang. Yeah. So now he's making logos go upside down. He's messing with the intro. Yeah, it, it, it was which, making it was that money through Vince Vince McMahon. He's doing it. He's feeding that money to that demon McMahon puppet, and it's great. Mm-hmm. We watch it, no issues. The show opened up rather boring, though, because we got Seth Rollins running his mouth. Um, and we complained about it before. You always have a segment to open the show to set up something later or in the main event. And it was fine. Seth was saying, okay, well, now I've, you know, I just beat Braun Strowman. And, man, I, I, I'm, I'm sore and hurt. And now i got to face The Fiend. And then next week for the debut of Raw... I have to, you know, wrestle the winner of the Fatal Five way. And after he mentioned Braun's name a few seconds later, Braun comes out. And he's like, oh, you said last week that you're happy that you don't have to wrestle me. Or you're, you're, I don't remember the exact words he said. He said something like, you're happy you don't have to wrestle me anymore. And Seth Rollins said, no, I said that I, I'm relieved because you beat me up so bad that I can move on from that. And they argued a little more, and this set up the main event for the night. And it was okay. Yeah, I mean, it was fine uh, for what it was. Um, he also said something, like Strowman came out and said something also about, you know, blaming Seth for losing the tag titles, even though he ran into him. Right. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it was fine. It's, you know, typical Raw opening. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it did what it had to do and uh, yeah, set up the main event for tonight, which was kind of silly that, I mean, knowing that it's kind of weird that, I mean, we, we can talk about it as well. The whole five, uh, five-way five elimination match for, you know, a number one contender. Also, they kept saying for the season premiere of Raw. Right. That, I, I get it, I guess, but it's just so weird that they – if they're going to do that, they should at least have a week off and like give these wrestlers a break and have like a best of show kind of like they're doing with Fox and SmackDown. But I guess, you know, they're WWE, so they can't take any time off, but it's just weird all night. They kept saying for the season premiere of raw, <laughs> it's like the only, the what? only thing that I, the only reason I think that they're doing that is because they're kind of rebranding. They've got the new theme and the new graphics. And I, because they're doing this big thing for Fox, I think they also want to return the favor and do the same thing for USA Network. That's yeah. the way I'm taking it. And when are they having the draft? Do they in it after Hell in the Cell? Week. Yes, it starts the following SmackDown, and then it'll wrap up on the on the Raw afterwards. I don't yeah. know why they're splitting it. I mean, I, I know the NFL splits it with all their rounds, and maybe other sports do. I don't watch other sports drafts. But, uh, yeah, that's the only reason I can figure they're going to do it that way. I hope it's not like it used to be, and it's like, here's a couple new people on SmackDown, and here's a couple new people on Raw. It's supposed to be more sports-centric this time. So I, I don't know. that We don't really have general managers. Like, we have real-life general managers now, and Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff. 
Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. And I, but I don't really want to see them in that role. Like, well, it, initially the know. very first draft was like similar to like an NFL draft where yeah, they had the general managers player, right? picking people. Yeah. So I don't know if they're going to try to go back to that or if the, maybe they'll have Paul Heyman and Bischoff come out as characters again. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I, I and I want to be against it. I mean, Paul Heyman is kind of already a character, but you know, if he's going to be with Brock, I don't think he can really, especially if they want Brock on on SmackDown, which I think they will. Um, they can't really have him in that general manager role. And as much as I'd like to see Easy on TV again, I just I, we don't need that. We've done the the evil general manager thing. Shane McMahon's doing it right now, and everybody hates yeah. it. Everyone loves Shane McMahon. He's great. He jumps off high things. We love Shane McMahon. But he's been in this terrible role where he's hogging all the screen time. And he's he has all the, he has some of the most go-away heat from someone that was so loved that I've ever seen. I mean, everybody wants him gone. Casual fans, diehards. And he's he's good. He's good at what he does. We just don't want to see him. And it doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. So, well, uh, I'm sorry. Maybe there will be maybe there will be much of that uh, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk more <laughs> about that tomorrow on SmackDown episode. Yeah. Um, so here's something that bothered me, and you tell me if if it bothers you or not. Okay. So every time Sasha Banks comes out on Raw, we hear it's boss time, and then whenever Roman Reigns comes out, we go it's the big dog, and he does that for a lot of people, right? Yeah. When the Viking Raiders came out, Michael Cole says, are you ready to join the raid? And I'm like, oh my gosh, no, not anymore. I hate him now. Get him off my TV. Not true. I like the Viking Raiders, but I just, I just can't. Like, I, I just can't even. Michael Cole, you gotta stop, dude. You gotta stop. Well, you know it's Vince. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just their... I don't know why like everything has to be a brand. They don't, they just don't have characters anymore. They're like a whole brand. So everything has to have a, you know, a tagline. Like, I mean, it started, well, it didn't start, but like it, to me, it was first really noticeable or the, at least the first one I can remember is um, the demon Kane when he, they started calling him that and right. it just, they just drilled it into your head nonstop. And everybody is Bray like Wyatt. the fiend Bray Wyatt. Oh my gosh. We're going to talk yeah. about that more later tonight. Yeah. So it's just part of their thing that they do. So I'm not really surprised. It, it is strange. Um, and I mean, we could talk more about the match, but uh, I thought it was a good match. It was a good match. And uh, yeah, the Viking Raiders, I was afraid they're going to, you know, let them lose, but they didn't hear they, ended up winning. Uh, but it was just so strange because the crowd, you know, was getting into them and, you know, they, they looked great here. And it's just like, so they spent like almost two months doing these squash matches that got old really fast Yeah, and they were heels doing cool moves. And so the crowd didn't know what to do with them. They just kind of got bored with them. So that's how they kind of got heat. And now they're just baby faces and everybody loves them. It's just like, yep. Okay, well, I guess we're starting over because you should have done this from the start. It's so difficult for me because I absolutely love the War Raiders and I absolutely love War Machine. But I'm not entirely sure that I love the Viking Raiders. And it's difficult for me to go, okay, I love these people and these performers, but the gimmick is just so dumb. And to separate the, those for me is, is fairly difficult. 
So it's really going to take something special, I think, for them to get over like they used to. Like they were doing their, you know, the almost like the wolf pack looking thing with their fin, with their with their hands and their fingers, and they were pumping their fists where everyone used to scream war in NXT. And no one said anything because why in the world would you scream war when that's not in your name anymore? It just, I don't know. It just bothers me. It's a little, and I understand that's really nitpicky. Okay. I get it, but it just bothers me so much. Yeah, no, I, I totally get it. I'm, I'm there with you. It's, it's, it's like they just try to make these characters cool and give them stuff for the fans to do instead of just letting the fans do it or letting yeah. the wrestlers, you know, do it. That's natural to their character. They just, they, they give you a package of stuff to do. It's like the B team thing. Like when they became the B team, they had that stupid chant, their music yep. did it. And like, you know, the crowd did it for a little while, but I mean, they ran its course and, you know, did whatever, but it was just lame after a while. Like the fans just did it cause they're, you know, conditioned to do it. But then after a while, like nobody cared. And yep. I mean, it works sometimes if, you know, the fans really get behind somebody and then enjoy doing it. But, it's like hit and miss. Like it's cause it's not organic. Most of the time it just kind right. of, they force it on you. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's what they do. It's WWE. Yeah, absolutely. The match was really good though. Um, we spent way too much time on this. We're going to move yeah. on, but AJ Styles <laughs> got kicked out from ringside, even though really he was just kind of defending himself. And the crowd booed. <laughs> yeah. The crowd booed because AJ Styles is super over. And they want him out. They want him out there. He was going up the ramp. And then Cedric Alexander comes out and attacks him, which is really stupid because AJ has been absolutely embarrassing him these last couple weeks. He destroyed him at the last pay-per-view. He pinned him last week in the six-man tag. This should have run its course. I love Cedric Alexander. I'm done with this, though. And I hope they don't give him the title because after the showing that he's put with AJ Styles, it would be embarrassing and it would hurt the belt. Yep. So... Um, Bobbert Rude, who's what I'm going to start calling him now because I accidentally called him that a week or two ago. So Bobbert yeah. Rude was was walking backstage and Charlie comes up to him, asking him a question. He's all mad because how dare she ask him a question? That's only her job. And he's like, I want to win the Fatal Five way. He said a little more than that. It wasn't important. Moving on. He said well, tonight's well, result will be glorious. glorious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about a good let's talk about a good interview. Um, so Michael Cole had a sit down interview with Becky Lynch and they talked a little about Sasha Banks. You want to tell us about it? Yeah. So, um, I mean, Lynch has been killing it lately with oh, you know, yeah. whatever she does with promos. Uh, I mean, she's, she's really been great. So, uh, despite Michael Cole being there with her, she still managed to have a good, um, a good sit down interview. And honestly, like we can talk about it more on SmackDown with the one you have with Kofi. They've, not been completely terrible uh, as of late, I feel. I mean, it's Michael Cole, so it's always going to be a little bit of suck. But for the most part, you know, the superstars have carried these sit-down interviews a little bit better and yeah. made them a little bit more watchable. But uh, Lynn said she wanted Banks at her best. Uh, she said she left the women's division on SmackDown in good shape before moving to Raw. And she came to Raw after Ronda Rousey basically destroyed everybody. It was left in shambles. Uh she said she knew she couldn't make history on her own, which is why she called on everybody, especially Sasha. And uh, Cole tried to say like, well, you know, there's already been a women's hell in the cell match and Banks was in it. And then Becky right away was just like, yeah. And she lost. Yeah. <laughs> and Cole was like, well, yeah. <laughs> and went on to say like, but I guess she's got like experience and blah, blah. blah. So, um, 
Uh, Lynch said Banks wasn't trying to, you know, fight her when she came back. She was trying to enter with all the chair shots she was giving her. So uh, she'll get her chance at Hell in the Cell and she better take it. Um, but yeah, this is really good. It's a done interview. Um, like I said, Lynch has been awesome lately. So yeah, you know. yeah, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed it. Uh, following that, we heard Rusev's music and he came out and the camera pans back and my wife says, oh, there's someone already in the ring. So nope, that's not true. That didn't happen. I apologize. I don't want to misrepresent her. We know what happens when I misrepresent her. This is in another <laughs> segment, but uh, it does pan back and there's someone in there. And I, I, I did think, okay, this is going to be a squash match. Um, and I was right, but it wasn't a jobber squash match. He squashed former Impact Wrestling Champion EC3. He put up a little bit of a fight. He did at the very beginning. He got like a couple hits in, but Rusev I bet he like much. pulled Rusev aside when they were talking about this. Was like, hey man, can I get like a little bit in? This is like <laughs> yeah. my first. This is my first TV match in like a year. Yeah, the last <laughs> so. time he was on TV, he had those fifty uh, fifty wins with uh, Dean Ambrose. Right. So. Yeah, like he he like about he, millennia he, ago. Yeah, exactly. He he got the offense off first. He hit Rusev a couple times, but Rusev absolutely demolished him, and it was only like a three minute match. So yeah. it was it, it was a, a squash match for WWE superstar standards. It wasn't a squash match like we've seen the Viking Raiders and Heavy Machinery do to these nothings. Yeah, so, and uh, we this came really close. Really close to being my future endeavor. Okay. Uh, but it didn't. We'll get to that later in the show. Okay. Uh, it did happen on Raw. But when he came out, first of all, there were we went lot of chance. Yep. And uh, Corey Graves actually acknowledged them, which was Smart. I was kind of surprised by. Yeah, I like um, that. Though. Yeah, so he acknowledged Lana's not there. I, I don't know if she's coming back or anything. We'll see. Uh, but what I hated about this, because I like Rusev. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I liked him back, you know, when he came out, you know, on the tank uh, in his match with John Cena. Like, I liked him then, and I really liked him when, he, you know, they were doing the Rusev Day thing. Like, I just really like him. I think he's a funny guy. I've, you know, seen plenty of him outside of WWE, like in up, up, down, down videos and stuff like that. Or I mean, he's, he's an entertaining person. So, like, I was always – I think even – I don't remember if I specifically pointed him out or maybe it was in one of our segments talking about people going to AEW. Like, yeah, you did. I would have loved, you know, for him to go to AEW and like, you know, start over. Cause he, I think he's really entertaining and just great. Uh, I hate him doing this I because he, a has no more, like he cut his hair. So now he's short hair. He has that handlebar mustache thing going on, which is fine, but not for what he is. And the main issue I have with this is what he is. He is Rusev when he debuted from NXT. Right. He has completely gone back to basics of what he used to be. Like to the point where he, you know, demolished EC3. He, you know, hit him. He did the Rusev crush thing. He stomped on his back and did the camel clutch. And it's just like his character just hit, they just hit the reset button on him and he's just, you know, evil heel Rusev that he was when he first started. And it's just like, yeah. what is the point of bringing this guy back? If he's just going to go back to what he was doing when, you know, when nobody liked him, you know, before he won people over and, you know, 
And now he's even less lesser because he's without Lana, who kind of yeah. sold that, you know, you know, she was the evil mouthpiece for the the monster. And I just don't like this Rusev at all because it's just going back to what he did when he first started. And he doesn't even look as cool anymore. I mean, he looks shredded. He looks, you know, as well as he ever has like body type wise, but like with a short hair and a mustache, like it's just not the same. And so I'm just, I just wasn't into it at all. what do you think? Well, so weird because Rusev has really got himself over. There isn't a lot of guys in WWE right now that have gotten themselves over in spite of the WWE. Right. And he has Rusev day was a huge deal. Aiden English was a huge deal because of Rusev. Right. And now they've done this thing where they bring him back as a heel. He's been gone all this time. They ruined his pop, which, by the way, just randomly in the middle of the match, they were like, oh, yeah, Rusev's not the father, by the way. The announcer said that. Like, yeah, yeah, that was never a thing. And I'm like, okay. Well, they just destroyed that storyline. Like, it was really stupid. But you got to at least follow up on it. You can't just be like, no. We were just kidding. We realized that it was really dumb, so yeah, it wasn't actually a thing. So right. this whole thing was a friggin' mess. And I cannot believe like it's almost like the WWE hates the guy. Like I don't understand. Well, he did quit on him or he wanted a, to quit. Yeah, he's a big foreign <laughs> heel though. That's what that's what Vince McMahon loves. He loves the big foreign heels. This guy could be a superstar, and they won't let him do it. And I just don't get it. And the fans are confused too, because I mean, when he left, I, I mean, if I remember correctly, he was still pretty much beloved by people. Uh, I I can't remember exactly what he was doing when he left. I it's, don't either. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure he was a face. Uh, but even if he wasn't, people still liked him. They did the Rusev Day thing for a long time. I think the fans really liked him. And then he kind of left, and everybody knew why that you know yeah. him and Lana weren't happy. And you know, I mean, obviously, the average fan might not know that, but even so, I think a lot of the fans, like the true fans, still liked Rusev. And then, like like I said, he just comes back as like the evil guy. So the fans don't even want to boo him. Right. Like they, and he's just like what he used to be. So it's just really confusing. And so like no heat, no pop. He's just kind of there now. He's back. And yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah. Um, we move on to Rey Mysterio being interviewed in the back in the backstage area. And he dedicates this match to Dominic, which makes you think maybe Ray has a chance. Of course, it not, and I guess it doesn't really matter. WWE, a lot of the time, say, I want to dedicate this match, and the person goes on to lose. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it was fine. And it's going to be real great when Dominic turns on Ray Mysterio. But, you know, whatever. Uh, Sasha Banks versus Nikki Cross was next. And this match was pretty stinking good, man. Nikki Cross really got in a lot of offense. Alexa Bliss was out there with her. Bailey was out there with Sasha Banks. Um, there was one spot where, and I think this is where it happened. Nikki Cross did a crossbody, and she kind of hit Sasha in the face. So Bailey's like checking up on her lip because it was bleeding, and like she did that a couple times throughout the match. It was really funny. Um, you know, Nikki Cross basically won the match. She hit her finisher. Bailey got up on the apron, caused a distraction, and uh, Alexa Bliss comes over, punches Bailey in the face, but it's too late. It's got and, a huge uh, pop too. Yeah, it did huge pop. Which, I mean, I I like it, but it's still a little strange because 
Bailey did have a heel turn and she's been acting heelish, but Bliss still has yet to have like a definitive like baby face. She's still kind of, you know, Alexa Bliss. Um, right. She's just been nice to Nikki and not nice to anybody else. So she's still kind of, I mean, she's a face, but it's just weird still. Like she yeah. ran over there and hit her and everybody went crazy. And I was just kind of like, it was a little strange, but yeah. I mean, fans loved it. And I mean, it's fine. Uh, yeah. It's it's good that, you know, Bailey's gotten over as the heel here. Um, so, and yeah, like, like you said, Nikki Cross did great in this match. She's been doing great in her role. I mean, all together, which just goes to show, cause like, she hasn't been her NXT character per se, like the completely crazy person. She's kind of yeah. been what, you know, WWE has wanted her to be, but she's kind of excelled in that role and made it her own. And uh, I mean, the fans are, you know, really getting behind her. So she's, she's done a great job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, it finished with a crossbody turned into a bank statement and uh, Nikki tapped. And of course it's kind of a bummer, but you know what? Nikki held her own. She, Held her own with one of the biggest stars in the women's division. And I thought that was great. Um, yeah. Afterwards, Sasha attacked Alexa and uh, got the upper hand on her, put her in the bank statement. And Sasha and Bailey leave. Yeah. And it was it was good. Um, it also set up Sasha Banks versus Alexa Bliss for next week. So uh, for the Raw season premiere. Oh, mm-hmm. very exciting. Yeah. Uh, we go backstage and New the Miz- yeah, yeah, we go backstage and the Miz is there with the Street Profits. And the Miz announces that he and Maurice have had their second daughter, which popped the Street Profits and the crowd, which which I was very excited about. Right. And uh Miz says, but one thing is we know who the father is. Oh uh yeah, so he made fun of Mike Canellis there, and he he said next week on the season premiere of Raw, it will be a special Miz TV with a Hulk Hogan. Who had a shower of booze? I don't think there were any cheers in the audience. I mean, just a shower of booze and Ric Flair, which of course the entire crowd, woo! So, as far as I'm concerned, next week's Miss TV special will be called Booze and Woos. <laughs> I thought that was really clever. I came up with that. I wrote it down on my notes. Booze and Woos. I'm Isn't very it strange outrageous. though that like. I mean, obviously, Flair has his little spat going on with WWE. Like, why are they bringing him back for a Miz TV segment? Unless uh, I'm guessing, he, like, maybe the Fiend is going to kill both of them. Yeah, but I don't think so. Yeah, it's uh, just strange. I was like, I, I heard, you know, first of all, Hulk Hogan. Um, just hearing him come back, I was just like, why? Why he had yeah. like a good last, you know, when Mean Gene passed away, he got a good you know, respectful ovation. And, you know, he got to come back and kind of pour his heart out to the fans. And, you know, it left on a good note. And I was just like, okay, he just needs to go away for a while and just have that sit there. And then, yeah, yeah, bring him back soon for, I don't know what reason. And he's booed. So, and then like I said, Ric Flair's got his little thing going on. So both pretty perplexing of why they're bringing him back, but we'll yeah. see what they do. We'll see if they can, they can draw numbers. We'll see. Yep. Um, Lacey Evans comes out and we're like, well, Lacey Evans in, in action next. I'm like, okay, who's the job where she's going to beat? And it's Ember Moon. And my heart sank a little bit because I love her so much. And you know, what was worse was that during the entire match, I'm just thinking, well, first Ember Moon came out with like no reaction because of how they've killed her. 
Yeah. Like she used to come out and like, you know, NXT people would go crazy, which I mean, it's what they do in NXT. They like to like the people. And uh, so she comes out, like nobody really cares. I guess they know that Lacey Evans is about to destroy her or whatever, but Moon comes out and, you know, pretty much dominates early on in the match. And I'm sitting there watching this and I'm thinking, okay, I know Lacey Evans is going to win. But Ember Moon is the one in this match to me that looked like the star. She did. Like, she's just like, she's, you know, taking, you know, even when she's taking her bumps from Lacey Evans, when Lacey finally got the advantage, she just looked like she knew what she was doing in there and was completely in control of the ring. Like, she just stood out to me the entire match, no matter what she did. And I'm like, she's the star of this match. But, of course, um, you know, Ember Moon had to fall, got hit with the woman's right um, from the top rope. Ooh, talk about that. The stunner spot first, though. So uh, Evans was on the outside and uh, Ember Moon was hanging upside down and she used her feet to hold on the bottom rope yeah, and then grabbed the ring, but her feet were up on the bottom rope. It was super cool. Yeah. And she grabbed Evans and gave her a stunner. And awesome. uh, yeah, it was awesome. And uh, Moon, you know, went to the top uh, to seemingly hit a, you know, the, another clip or hit the eclipse Um and Lacey got her with a women's right and then proceeded to put on the worst sharpshooter in the history of sharpshooters. It was the I worst actually, there was, the worst <laughs> there is, and the worst there ever will be. I actually have in all capital letters, worst sharpshooter ever. And that was what I, I thought was going to be your future endeavor this week. Am I right? No. Oh, it was terrible. I mean, it was so bad, dude. Like, was, she yeah. the, it, like the legs fell through. She did the sharpshooter, and instead of like sitting on back and pulling back, Ember Moon's knees hit the floor. So Lacey Evans had to sit on it, and she got booed, man. I'm talking yeah. the crowd hated this. Well, a- so like you had talked about, um, we on Monday we have a obviously a group chat with it amongst each other, and you. Yeah said worst sharpshooter ever. And so I th- I saw that before I actually saw the match. I'm going to watch it later. But then I saw her going for it, and I'm like, oh, here we go. Let's see you know, how this goes. <laughs> she didn't start off ba- – I mean, she's put it on last week and did okay. Right. And it didn't start off that bad, but right. – <laughs> She, like, lost, this, she this, lost her grip, though. Yeah, exactly. Like, she's put it on, and she's you know going through it. And I'm like, this isn't so bad. Oh. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. Yep. And then poor Ember Moon had to tap out. She that. just had to sit there and like immediately start tapping. And I was just like, oh, this looks so terrible. So, and it's, I feel bad for Evans a little bit. I mean, it was her fault, yeah. but she's, she's not ready. And yeah. it even feels like when she kind of goes in there and does a couple good things. I mean, it's not like she did a whole bunch of great things. This match. I, like I said, I feel like Moon was the person who made this match what it yeah. was, but, um, Evans like she starts doing some things okay and then she'll do something like this and she's like uh yeah she's not good yeah and I'm not gonna so, talk too much about it because I've said it so many times before her character is incredible Lacey Evans is such a good heel but she just needs more work in the ring she needs more time and they just brought her up too soon so what I hope they do is keep putting her against talented wrestlers but on house shows don't have her keeping them on raw and, you know, I, I hope that she improves in the ring because for all intents and purposes, she's supposed to be an incredibly wonderful person. She's a former military woman and right. she her character's incredible. 
it's it's really good. It's very different from what's on TV nowadays. And again, I'm going to stop. I've already said I wasn't going to go into it too much, but it's just yeah. please help her become better in the ring. Please give her the time. Don't rush her like you've already done because she's right. so she's so she's so good. She's such she's yeah. such a good character. Yeah. So. Um, I, I also will say I, I couldn't help but think you know seeing this and then watching the finish of it, I was just like. I mean, I hate to just talk, you know, constantly about how great NXT used to be or how, you know, how good it is and how they screw people up. But I was sitting there like Ember Moon was like, you know, top, top of the women's division when she was in NXT. And, you know, the only person she couldn't beat was Asuka. And but she was, you know, beloved by everybody. And she was so great. And Lacey Evans was like, you know, struggling to get on TV. She was still kind of new. And here we are in Raw, you know, like what a year later or so. And Evans is, you know, beating her clean. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you know, and then actually after the match, which also was not good. Uh, we had Natalia, <clears throat> uh, Sarah's in that her name, Schreiber. She, uh, interviewed Natalia who was watching the match right afterwards and ask, um, uh, you know, Natalia, what she thought, you know, especially with, uh, Evans applying the sharpshooter and Natalia was just like, you know, she gave her a little crappy scripted promo and she was just like if Evans wants to fight she better be prepared to tap out and yep. it's just like ooh what a burn Natalia <laughs> you you got her yep yeah so, yeah, let's, uh, let's let's move on to something good let's move on to something good yeah. uh, Bray Wyatt in the Firefly Funhouse so we come in Bray Wyatt's hanging up of another frame and uh, it's empty and you see Huskus and Ramblin' Rabbit, and they're fighting over a Seth Rollins toy because they are both huge fans of Seth Rollins, and they don't want to share. So Bray Wyatt says it's very important to learn how to share. I'll show you. So what he does is, if I remember right, and I might not be remembering right because I might have thought this in my head, but I think he quoted the Bible where they talked about. Um, you know, cutting the baby in half so they'd know who the real mother is. And he takes the Seth Rollins toy, rips it in half, and gives one half to Rambling Rabbit and one half to Huskus the Pig. And then he says, oh, looks like I'm going to have to meet a new friend tonight. And then, yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it. These are always See good. you in hell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Here's the thing. The Firefly Funhouse has been around now for four months is that right about four months something like that yeah it's still good it's still good and how how, can you name anything else in the wwe in the last couple years where something has gone on for a third of the year and you're like man i want more of this maybe the 24 7 division but it's had its ups and downs too nobody really takes it that seriously i mean the um I remember the like the fashion files was good and they ran it into the ground. So it had a long term uh, story Um, and it was really popular when it started, but it didn't last. So it also goes to show how, you know, how good Bray Wyatt, because I mean, this is all Bray Wyatt. Um, And also think back to when it first started, like who would have thought it would be to this level? I mean, it was fun, but um, and, and I think. Bray should give a little bit of credit too to Matt Hardy because it's very almost reminiscent of like Matt Hardy and like it's strange, but it's entertaining. Right. And uh, I mean, we also know they feuded and had their uh, 
you know, they're fighting the Matt Hardy compound. So um, it, it just reminds me of that a lot, but it has, you know, evolved into, you know, Bray's own vision. And I mean, he looks like a real genius because nobody thought this was going to be, you know, it was definitely strange when it first debuted and, the, you know, how far it's come. And I mean, it's the best thing WWE by far. So Correct. yeah, it's been, it's been really entertaining. I do want to say the only two things I complained about The Fiend were his theme music and the fact that he was using the mandible claw. And I want to also point out that I was wrong both times, and they're both great. <laughs> so I apologize, Bray Wyatt. You are a genius. And, uh, yeah, you keep on doing what you do. If I don't like it immediately, it'll pro- probably come around to it. So yeah. uh, the 24-7 division, which is what's listed on this website. The 24-7 division chased R-Truth and Carmelo to the ring. Uh, it was just all the goobers. It was Zach and Kurt. It was Lucia House Party. It was Drake Maverick. And Carmella grabs a mic and she goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Hold on, guys. Please, please. I just need some time. So they're all. Everybody just listened. Everyone did. They're just like, all right, that makes sense. She's a woman, so we will listen to her. And so they are on the, uh, the, the, on the outside of the ring on the apron. Apron. Mm-hmm. Thank you for helping me get that word there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the hardest part of the ring. He tells you. <laughs> She tells R-Truth, I can't do this anymore. We've been doing this for months, running and hiding, and I just, I can't deal with it. And so R-Truth takes his title and pulls her in close and gives her a big hug. And she rolls him up and wins the championship. But first of all, we all knew she was going to turn on him eventually. It was great. Second of all, she pinned him clean, man. He took no damage. He just couldn't kick out of that roll-up. I don't know. Whatever. She got super excited, and all the guys were like, well, what do we do now? We can't pin a woman, which is really weird, but whatever. So, But you know what? I guess they're done because all of, a lot of the women's division came out and started chasing Carmella away, uh, and it was great. Oh, I do want to point out, too, Archer did get up. He looked shocked, but then he was happy. He raised her hand. It's her turn now. They're best friends. It's fine. Uh, but yeah, so the, the, a lot of the, the girls like Sarah Logan and the Iconics and people that have been important before, but you know they don't really have a lot of goobers in the women's division. So they chase them away. Uh, yeah, this is a cool, interesting turn of events. And honestly, like I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind them giving the belt to Carmella. Carmella. Uh, I think she um, deserves it. And because uh, she's been, you know, walking around with truth this whole time and not really getting, I think we, everybody was kind of waiting for her to finally get her shot at it. Uh, it was strange that they just, he should have known first of all, because she came out in her gear. Yeah. And, uh, and as uh, they would say on uh, being the elite in full gear. <laughs> and uh, like, she hasn't been in full gear basically any of the time that she's been with him. So he should have uh, seen that coming, but. Uh, he also missed uh, Kane last week, bringing a referee to uh, Neyland Stadium. So I guess our truth isn't the brightest person. Right. But so he gets rolled up. And it, but it was just strange that like Carmel has been, you know, with him this whole time. And now she's like, oh, I'm tired. And then like rolls him up. And like now she wants to take it from him. like all the chances she's ever had of like taking this title. She just doesn't now. Right. But whatever. And then which was also weird. All the girls come out and they're like, oh, well, now we're going to chase Carmella. And it's like, you know, other girls have won it. Right. Like, where have you been this whole time? Exactly. <laughs> but whatever. It's the 24-7 title. No one cares. It's just like joke. So. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah. 
excuse me, Sammy and Shinsuke Nakamura are backstage. They're chatting a little bit. And Sammy's like, hold on, Shin. You need to relax. You're getting too fired up. And Shinsuke like gets up and stares at him. Speaks in Japanese. That's it. That's all that happened. Yep. Am I missing anything? Nope. Who cares? Okay, cool. No one cares. I'm tired of these two. Uh, oh, here's the thing. It's just like the Kabuki Warriors. I love them both. Don't want them together. Makes no sense. They do not work well together. Love Shinsuke and Sami Zayn. I like having them on my TV, but not like this, man. I'm sorry. Nope. Just don't get it. Don't get it. Yeah, we, all, we all know how I feel about it. Yep. Moving on. Chad Gable versus King Corbin. And let me tell you, I know I always rant about tag teams coming out and they mix their, their music together. And I go, man, how stupid is this? Why can't they just you know come out to one or the other? Can they have their own music? Can they come out separately? No, we have to mash up these two songs that have nothing to do with each other. So King Corbin comes out and he has his own music, but it's mashed up with this terrible Regal King music, super generic. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they're doing it with single people now. And I'm going to have to listen to this for months because the WWE has officially changed his name on the website to King Corbin. And I'm very sorry oh, yeah. about it. I, I mean, he did have a pretty awesome, like, black crown. Like, he looked very Game of Thrones-ish. Oh, it was, he like, looked was, awesome. He just, his music was awful. Well, minus the, you know, the black wife beater or whatever he's got on in the, in the slacks. Yeah. I think that's still pretty dumb. But the accessories he had on were pretty cool looking. Um, I actually thought, I didn't like the theme music, but I didn't think it was bad. I thought it was better than the tag team. It, at right. least they yeah. like they. It sounded like they gave the um, who are the guys who usually do the music, the CEO or whatever. The, yeah, I don't know what the I, guys, um, whoever do their music now, or CFO I think is their name. They um, it sounds like they gave them time to be like, hey, could you like mix his music with like some kind of King music, and they made it a little, at least a little bit smoother to like fade in and out to where it like has it's on the same key and stuff. So. It was kind of lame. I wish he would just make him a new King music, but you know, it, I didn't hate it as much, but um, I mean, he came out, he came out in his normal, you know, slacks and tank top with his new awesome gear on and um, Chad Gable, um, or he, he came out and told Gable that tonight's match would be short. And after tonight, he would no longer be facing anyone under five foot five. Uh, how tall is Gable? Is he under five, five? It's not. I'll tell you right now. I think he's five eight. Yeah. Let me see. I didn't. Chad Gable height. He is five foot eight. Yeah. So it's a uh, yeah. So I was like, I'm tired of the short thing, but whatever. So, um, but the, I mean, hey, they had a pretty good match. Um, it went on pretty long. I mean, it was like f- almost 15 minutes long. And I mean, it was a DQ finish, which, you know, I wasn't very surprised by. And honestly, like as Corbin was doing his Corbin things throughout the match, it was boring in parts, but I'll tell you what, man, Chad Gable, I don't know what kind of superpower he has. It, it's like, it, but it reminds me of like Daniel Bryan, no matter what he's in, he could get the crowd behind him. I mean, he sold. He sure- sold and sold and sold for Corbin this whole match. And even when he got on offense and started doing things, Corbin would cut him off with a big move. So like, yep. Even into the small spurts he had, the fans were starting to get behind him. And so I was bored when Corbin was on, you know, doing chin locks and all that stuff, even though he's was doing okay, you know, for what he was doing. 
But, I mean, when Ch- Chad Gable was coming back, he was getting the crowd behind him, and it was just really impressive. Um, and uh, towards the end of the match, he avoided a double axe handle from Corbin. He had an awesome German suplex and a moonsault for a near fall. The crowd just chanting, Chad, Chad, Chad. Like, they were just really behind him. He counted the end of days for an ankle lock. And for a second, I did think, you know, they might give him the win here and, you know, make it, you know, Corbin's reign seem a little bit iffy of like, you know, wow, Gable was actually able to beat him here. You know, what's going to happen? But uh, he fought into the corner and grabbed the scepter, hit Gable with it and beat him up. And then he posed over Gable, the crowd booed. So the finish wasn't that great. And even the match in itself wasn't like amazing. But just Chad Gable himself was awesome in this match. Yeah, he was really great. And it was really cool to see the crowd get behind him. Like, they've been getting behind him every single week for the last few weeks now, though. And it makes me really excited. Uh, Baron Corbin basically grabbed the scepter uh, because he was in the ankle lock. He beat up Chad Gable. And, uh, yeah, got disqualified. It was, it was okay. I just hope that they don't, I don't know. It just seems like such 50-50 booking, man. It Doesn't it? Uh, and I think they're probably going to have a third match. Chad Gable will win. They'll have one, you know, legitimate win each. And then this, which, you know, these kind of matches, I don't think they really count. Hmm. I don't know. I, I hope Chad Gable goes on to bigger and better things. I just don't know if he needs to beat Corbin to do that. And I think that's exactly what WWE is going to do. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not so sure. It, we'll wait and see. But, um, yeah, it, so – Corbin ended up standing tall after this. Um, but I think Gable's a star, so hopefully they, like you said, there's better for him down the road. I mean, if they don't see something in him, at least, you know, with a cr- crowd chanting Chad, 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 like crazy like they were, I mean, they're dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. I agree. I agree. Uh, the Authors of Pain got another vignette, and basically they talked about how no one wants to fight them. And they said, we'll show you how tough we are. They got up. They beat up Heath Slater and someone else that I couldn't make out. Uh, it was a really cool little little looking segment. Um, it was very like Blair Witch Project kind of thing with a single camera. Uh, you couldn't hardly see what was going on. And then it looked like it messed up. And then they sat down in their chairs again. And they're like, see, nobody wants to fight us. And I'm like, okay, Authors of Pain, I see you. Okay. And uh, yeah, I hope they keep destroying everybody. And if they keep doing it right... They could actually bring another legitimate tag team into this uh, flailing. I don't know the word I'm looking for. Just just lackluster tag team division. Authors of Pain are awesome. They hope they bring them in strong. Yeah, uh, they did say, I don't remember the exact, I didn't write down the exact quote. Um, they did say something along the lines of, uh, we haven't fought any hard opponents or something like that. Yeah. And I was just like, hmm. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just them running their mouth, though, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. They all said they haven't fought because no one wants to fight them when one of them was clearly injured. They even did a whole segment where uh, one of them tag-teamed with Scott Dawson to try to win the title since the other one was injured. I mean, they had a whole thing on it like a year ago. So, not yeah. even that long. I don't know. It doesn't matter. As long as they, it comes back strong, it's fine. Hey, at least they uh, left the room and went and attacked somebody as opposed to <laughs> Aleister Black. <laughs> yeah, actually. They, they can only stand you. it for one week. They're like, I don't know how this guy's been doing it. So they just busted <laughs> out of the room and killed somebody. That's <laughs> oh, so good. It's so good. Um, the Fatal 5-Way Elimination match was next. Ray comes out. We go to commercial. We come back. And Ricochet 
<laughs> Poor Ricochet, man. Let me tell you, some guys just some guys just need to be able to show what they can do in the ring. And I'm okay if Ricochet gives these like, you know, two, three sentence promos. He reacts to stuff backstage. But what he said, like, I can't even explain it. It was so bad. And at the very end, he was like, and I'm going to prove superheroes are real. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I understand the WWE wants him to be the resident superhero, right? But just, oh, man. Oh, it was, oh, it was so this bad. This came also. There was very close uh, competition this week in the uh, future uh, endeavor. <laughs> this was very close. Like, I was angry at this, and th- there's only one you know thing that was able to beat it. But I was very angry because not only did they take the time to show him in Gorilla and give him this promo time, it was awful. He, you know, just, and then at the end of it, he's like, you know, I, you know, we're gonna see a real life superhero. That stupid ricochet, the pew, like went off. <laughs> and I was just like, oh god, I hate. And he like, turns to it. He turns to it, and he's like, he's "That's like, my cue." Yeah. Like, oh this is awesome. <laughs> and he walks out there, and I was just my my head is in my hands at this point, and I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> Somebody thought this is cool. Like they want anyway. I'm not going to go on the official rant because, like I said, this was very, very close to being that. Uh, And then so everybody else comes out uh, to start this match. And the reason I'm kind of bleeding into the start of the match is because, like, and why I hated this so much. Not the entire match, but this. The match was fun. Yeah, but and Ricochet had some great moments in it. But then. Yeah, Uh, we should probably say who was in the match. Yes, Ricochet, AJ Styles, Rey Mysterio. Uh, Bobert Rude and Shinsuke Nakamura. Right, and uh, like I said, a good match. Uh, you know, went you know pretty long. Um, Styles and Rude worked, uh, you know, worked together for a little bit. It had a stare down, and you know, that got a fun. brief TNA chant, which is pretty funny. Yep. Um, Ricochet and uh, Mysterio kind of got to work a little bit together and team up. You know, got to team up as well. So it's, uh, it's pretty fun. But then, like, so. Ricochet and um, Mysterio finally got to go at it, and the crowd kind of started getting into it. And uh, he countered DDT in a suplex. Um, the Styles came and attacked Ricochet, and Ricochet got him with a drop kick. Ricochet gave Rude a springboard clothesline and, and the recoil. And then Nakamura flies in, hits him with a Kinshasa, and pins him. And I'm just like, real life superhero, huh? Exactly. That's the same thing I thought. He not only did he get this bad promo, uh, this must have been an audible. Like that's the only thing I can think is like <laughs> Vince must have just been sitting there in gorilla watching this go down. He's like, I can't let's do <laughs> let this do win this match. Like mm. uh, he's he, he got promo time. He said he's gonna be the real life superhero. Got the big entrance, and he just gets he's the first one beat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> out of three heels in this match, he's the first one beat. So yep. I just, the only they're trying to kill Ricochet is the only thing I can think, but yeah, yeah. So he's so yeah, he's out. Nakamura picked pinned Ricochet. Um, I'm just going to go through the eliminations because it's yeah. too long to go through the match. Styles eliminated Nakamura. Uh, then he immediately, immediately got eliminated by Bobby Roode with a glorious DDT. Um, after that, Mysterio and Bobbert wrestle for a little bit, but a very little bit. Mysterio hits a 619 and uh, did a springboard frog splash, which was really, really cool. 
So it was kind of like a instead of a top instead of being on the top turnbuckle, he did it on the outside against the top rope, kind of like AJ does with a phenomenal forearm. So right. kind of picture that. Jumps off the top, does a frog splash, and I really enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, that was he got the pinfall. Also, Bob Aru was awesome in this match. Like his, yeah, especially so his selling late with Mysterio when he hit the six one nine. Like him just flopping around. I mean, he's a glorious heel. Like he really he is. is. Uh, which is one reason why I was kind of upset when he debuted as a baby face with the glorious thing. Like he's just yeah. such a great heel. I mean, he's the typical heel, uh, you know, Paul Heyman loves him, which is great. So hopefully he keeps getting somewhat of a, uh, you know, push on TV. I mean, not necessarily that him losing as a push, but just getting camera time as much as he has, like hopefully they see how great of a heel he, he could be. Eliminated, and he eliminated AJ Styles, who's a huge star and a champion. So- I think that's I think that's a little bit of a push, even though you I think even in losing he looks stronger than right. he did when it started. Yeah. Which is rare for WWE. They can't they don't do that very often. So Yeah. Um yeah, and that we were told about a thousand times that Rey Mysterio was very old, which was a bummer. But whatever. He's amazing and he Because they have to uh, bury their baby faces. Yeah, and this is kind of a dream match, right? I mean, Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio. I'm really excited about it. And I hope they give them time. They're not. They're going to give them 10 minutes. The Fiend's going to come out and destroy Rey Mysterio. Match over. But I hope I'm wrong, and I hope they get a lot of time because it could be really, really good. Maybe Dominic's there, and the Fiend comes out and destroys him instead. Because I would love that. that. (laughs) And then Rey Mysterio goes out and tries to attack the Fiend. Yeah, okay. I can see that. Or either has to help Dominic so the match is over. Yeah, I see it. Yeah. Uh, Alexa Bliss versus Sasha Banks is officially announced for next week on the season premiere of Monday Night Raw. So we get to see uh, Bliss lose to Banks, which I'm kind of sad about. Yeah, but Sasha Banks, they need to make her look really strong right now. I I still think she's going to beat Becky Lynch, so they got to make her look strong. Seth is backstage. He and correct me if I'm wrong, because I know I don't like Seth Rollins. Okay, and I don't want to seem too much in this, but did it not seem like he was complaining? Like I, just like he did earlier in the show, and he's like, "Oh, I just fought Braun, and now I got to find him again. And next week, I got to defend my title against Ray before I fight the Fiend in Hell in a Cell. But it's okay because I'll take on all challengers." I'm like, "Is it okay?" Because you sound like you're whining. Yeah. So, <gasps> yes, here it is. <laughs> this is. The future endeavor of the week, Mr. Seth Rollins. Finally, I don't know if I've given it to him yet. I don't think so. But he deserves it. Though. He several times he's skated by. I think by you know barely by you know other stupid stuff happening on the show. But this other week, worse. That's the only reason, right? And, and like I said, there are people who came really close this week to getting it. But you know what? In fairness, they haven't been this you know that bad. So that's why this week I was just like, I've got to give it to Seth. They were just yeah. everything. I mean, he came out at the beginning of last week. I, I even praised him. Last week he came out and did the promo at the beginning of the show. And even yeah. though the fans were behind the fiend, he didn't turn the crowd on him because he kind of played it off well. But by the end of the show, he was a geek. He got scared by the fiend. And it was just like, oh my God. Like just picture I said last week, just picture Austin having to do that, be scared yeah. and shaking in the corner. So he looked like a dweeb at the end of last week. So going in this week, I was just like, dude, you better step it up or you're getting it this week. And <laughs> he came out and got the promo at the beginning of the show. And then he was still kind of going, like you said, he's kind of complaining about, you know, Braun. And then Braun comes out, blames him for the, um, sorry, I almost, yeah, I almost knocked my microphone over. <laughs> so he comes out and, uh, blame, you know, blame Seth for losing. They go back and forth. And then Braun accused him, like you said, of 
saying like, you don't want to face me. And Seth was just like, no, that's not it at all. I just don't want to face you is basically what he said. <laughs> I mean, I get what he's saying. Like he's saying like, no, it's not that I don't want to wrestle you, but I'm glad I don't like, cause yeah. you know, I took a beating and I get it, but still it sounded kind of lame. And yeah. then this idiot who knows now it's, it's kind of unfair and I don't really, it doesn't really make sense that he has to face Mysterio next week for the title. Cause I mean, right. what if Mysterio wins is, you know, is Mysterio going to fight the fiend? Like who's going to, get the title match at hell in the cell. It's kind of strange, but whatever. Yeah. Um, we, you know, we'll talk about that later, you know, I guess next week we'll see what happens, but it, anyway, he knows this is coming next week. And this moron who already said he doesn't want to face Braun Strowman. Strowman basically gets in his face and like, it, it reminded me of Marty McFly in back to the future. Somebody calling him a chicken and him being stupid. <laughs> Nobody calls me a chicken. All right, Braun. You're on for tonight. So now he's going to get killed by Braun Strowman. So he comes out here. Strowman's just beating him up, you know, for like the first part of the match. So we go to the commercial break. Uh, we, we come back and, uh, uh, of course, uh, you know, Broman, Strowman has to uh, charge at, you know, charge at his opponent. And, uh, you know, he, they're – Rollins avoids the charge from him. Uh, he goes short, shoulder first in the post, like he does every match. Every and the, uh, match. you know, Rollins kind of got back in a little bit, but uh, but still was getting like destroyed for the most part by Strowman. Um, and so, I mean, it was fine for what it was. But basically, toward the end of the match, Strowman uh, picks he gives Rome, or Rollins a power slam on the floor, puts him in the ring. He goes for the cover. Uh, or instead of going for the cover, he he just stares at you know Rollins, and he picks him up, goes for another power slam to you know put him away. Rollins is dead. Uh, yep. The lights go out, and obviously the fiend is coming to uh, you know make a new friend. So the lights come yeah. back on, or the flashing, you know, and all that crazy stuff. He's got Strowman in the mandible claw, and uh, he's flailing. Around. <laughs> First of all, Strowman's flailing around like an idiot. Yeah, he looks. It looks so silly even though I love the fiend and all that, but it looked really silly with him doing that. Um, after he put him in the manual claw, he turned around and Seth is just cowering in the corner again. You're a big superstar frozen in fear. And he also said at the beginning of the show, he's not afraid of the fiend. He said, he's like a nightmare. He lied. But he's like, but I'm not afraid of him. But here he is in the corner, pissing himself basically in the (laughs) shaking in his boots. And the fiend's just like, he's, I think he just felt bad for him. He's like, oh, this guy is just, he's clearly afraid of me. So he yeah. turns around and Strom actually gets up and is the real baby face here. Cause he gets back up after being attacked. He stands up for a minute. Like he might be kind of frozen, but you know what? He's a hero. So he's like, I'm going to take him on. He tried, he charges at him, but the fiend takes him down again. And at least he tried to fight him and he gets taken down. And who's the, you know, the big bad, you know, Strowman's or fiend has Strowman down and, Roman's just could have gone in and attacked him, you know, saved Strowman, his former tag team partner, but no, yep. he just sits there scared and, uh, it just ends the show. And I was just sitting there thinking this idiot, like who, if he doesn't lose his belt to the fiend at hell in the cell, like you said, it, I might quit watching. I might quit the podcast. <laughs> like I yeah. might just be like, I'm done. I mean, call me when AEW reviews are going on because I can't watch this <laughs> moron anymore. Like this was just so 
horrible for a champion. So I don't know. Maybe when they re-debut the show or the the new season starts, his character will be different. That's the only thing I could hope for because yeah. this is not working. Seth Rollins, best of luck in your future endeavors because you're a geek. <laughs> he is such a such a dork, man. And like, so I'm sitting there, and like, first of all, I don't like Seth Rollins, as we all know. Like, it's well documented. So like, I'm like, all right, this makes the fiend look really strong. Right. That's the only thing out of it. But like, if I was a Seth Rollins fan, like I can't imagine. Uh, and we're gonna go recent here: John Cena or CM Punk or Edge cowering in that. You know, we could talk about the Grace Austin Rock Hogan. Of course, they wouldn't, right? Undertaker. Right. But can you imagine? Uh, let's talk about Edge, who was basically a chicken crap heel for his entire singles run, other than the you know short face run he had. Right. There's no way he would have done this as a face. None. So, again, I hate Seth Rollins, so I'm okay with it. But to be fair, if I was a Rollins fan, I would think this is the dumbest thing in the world. So, really, it was it was dumb. And I get it. Like, they want to make The Fiend look scary. And The Fiend should really scare almost the whole roster. But your top-tier guys? Braun Strowman wasn't scared. Braun Strowman went down and exactly. got up and was trying to fight him again. So it, right. just, it makes no sense, and it makes Seth Rollins look so stupid. But you know what else made Seth Rollins stupid? When he could barely limp to the ring, and he fought Brock Lesnar, and they're like, this is really smart. This will help Seth Rollins get over. No! It makes him look really stupid, and he still won in six days, miraculously recovered. So dumb. So stupid. I don't know if there's anyone else on the whole show, and I know I'm probably grasping at straws, and I, there probably is. But is anyone more poorly written than the universal champion in the WWE right now? I don't think so. I really don't. I mean, he's cl- he's close to like uh, Mike Kanellis level of like just bad. Oh, man. And it, Mike Kanellis is like a loser though. Like, so that's like his character. But this is your champion. Like Mike Kanellis is, you know, basically Maria's manager if you <laughs> really want to think about it. But yeah, just – your your WWE champion, like your universal champion is this. Like, I mean, yeah, I, like You're I said, right. so frustrating watching this. Cause it's just like, why would anybody root for this person? You're I mean, you saw, I mean, he's not the champion, but like the, one of the top baby faces on AEW show, this is, you know, what a big difference. Hangman page Jericho yep. came out and gave him a black eye, like legit hit him and hurt him. And then he comes out at the end of the show and tries to get retribution. Like he can't wait another week. He yep. he sees an opportunity. He comes out to try to take him on, full knowing full well that this guy gave him a black eye earlier. And like I said, even Strowman, like you know, he he even got attacked by the fiends. He saw what he could do and still got up. And not to mention it's Bray Wyatt, so it used to be his leader. There'd right. be a reason for Strowman maybe to be scared of this guy. Mm-hmm. Like he knows what he could do and. He, of anybody to be afraid of him, it, it could be Strowman. But no, he got up, you know, like the valiant babyface he is, and tried to even fight him again, even though he weakened him. But yeah, Rollins just looked like a coward here. And why would you want your coward? Why would you root for a coward? You know, yeah. it's horrible, horrible. I don't understand it at all. We could rant about it for another hour, yeah. but we're an hour into the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Wrestle Life Radio, episode 30. I am Matt. I'm here with my friend Kyle, and he's going to tell you all how you can find him on social media. I'm on Instagram at kyle.poly, and uh, 
like I said a couple of weeks ago, I believe uh, I had not been accepting friend requests because I'm an idiot and didn't realize that people, <laughs> if you're trying to add me, I should, you know, you might be a fan of the podcast, but I, I will say now, if you send me a friend request, I will accept it. So <laughs> give it a shot. I'm sorry that Kyle's not a friendly guy. You can follow Chris yeah. at Chris Cumby on Instagram or at Wrestle Life Heal, which is so good on Twitter. You can follow me at Wrestle Life Matt on both. And you can follow us all on Instagram at Wrestle Life Radio and on Twitter at Wrestle Life Pod. We got a really cool episode for you tomorrow. I'm really excited to talk about WWE SmackDown. Make sure you tune into that. And don't forget, next week, we've got Raw, we've got SmackDown, we've got AEW Dynamite, we've got NXT on USA, and we've got a preview for Hell in a Cell. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Burn it down. Gross. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.